one. Happy Mother's Day to all of the ladies in all of the rooms at all of our locations today. Hopefully your kids leave you alone a little bit and they buy you something and guys just do a good job today. And so just praying for you. Been praying for you really hard. Uh, excited for week three uh, of a series we're calling Unseen, uh, talking about uh, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, but I want to take this time like I've been doing every single week and just highlight uh, what we're able to do together, uh, both in our local community and today uh, in our global efforts. Uh, I had a meeting this week with uh, one of uh, the, uh, the leaders, the directors from Uganda of, of Heal and Thrive Global. They were uh, in town for a, a conference, and, and she was telling me, and was telling me all that we're able to do together. Right now, over the past few years, Heal and Thrive Global has grown exponentially, and you and I at Action Church are a big part of that. Uh, we have 3,000 uh, women households. These are uh, vulnerable mothers in the Sarodi area of Uganda, either uh, widowed by AIDS or left by their husbands to go into the city to make money. And so Heal and Thrive Global has come in and we've dug uh, water wells. We've created co-ops. We've got 99 co-ops where these communities are self-sustaining, either growing their own food and selling it or, or raising uh, chickens or goats or all sorts of different things with a microloan system, all working together, all paying it back, all sharing. We've got pastors over every community. Uh, all 99 of those co-ops have a pastor that goes weekly and prays with them. 26 literacy centers giving water to 84,000 people. So we have 18,000 that we're caring for together in those co-ops, including the kids. But we put a well in the middle of the community. So even uh, families that are not part of our co-ops yet are coming and getting clean drinking water. 84,000 people with water and 99 prayer groups meeting weekly in Sarodi, Uganda. A uh, thousand youth have already graduated secondary school, uh, in which we're helping with the school fees there. And so just making a difference just here and now and for eternity. So I just want to thank you. On Mother's Day, we're taking care of vulnerable mothers in Uganda. So thank you so much for your generosity. And uh, we take trips there every single year. Uh, at Action Church, we really believe where we send our, our missions dollars, we want to also go and our church be a part of it. And so if you're ever interested in going and seeing uh, what we're able to do together, you can, you can get, go to the Connect Center or, uh, or somewhere, somewhere online. They've got some link somewhere. There is a forward slash somewhere on our website where you can get connected. Just ask somebody with a name tag out in the lobby today. They'll get you connected on how you can go on an Action Missions trip. Let's go into Unseen uh, Week number three. I'd love for you to take some notes today. Uh, today is uh, a nine-page sermon for me. They're usually six, so we're going to be here for a while. So go ahead and move back. Move back your uh, ladies. Move back your, your mimosas and your brunch plans or whatever you have for this morning because we're going to be here for a minute. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, and he arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We've been talking about over the first couple of weeks of this series that a lot of us as Christians have gone through seasons or churches or denominations or doctrines in which we have done life without the third part of the Trinity. We've done life without the Holy Spirit, that we get God the Father, we get God the Son, Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is weird. We've been deciding every week that the Holy Spirit's not weird, that we are. People have made the Holy Spirit weird. I don't have any weird jokes for you today. I'm saving them all for next week. You got to come back next week. Because today I want to talk about gifts. Today I want to talk about 
the gifts. And, and how many of you love to, to receive gifts? Not everybody in here. How many love to give gifts? Oh, we got a generous church. Good, we're gonna do the offering at the end of service today. And so we'll see how much you love giving gifts. And uh, I don't like receiving gifts. I, 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 I just don't. I feel so much pressure when somebody gives me a gift, especially if they're like, go ahead and open it. And I'm like, you sure? Because I might not like it. <laughs> and I'm not a good actor. And so you're gonna know that this is not a good gift. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many reasons in which we don't enjoy the gift. Maybe you get a gift and you already like what you have. You know what I mean? They get you something, you're like, I got you the new one. You're like, I kind of like the old one. Or they get you a gift and you're like, oh, that's a, I don't understand why you would give me that. No, I think I'll pass on that. Or you get a gift. Come on, I get a lot of gifts for my, my kids and people give gifts to my kids that turn out to be work for me. Come on, somebody. Like, it's a gift. It's got instructions, and I got to put it together, and I don't understand it, so I just leave it in the box. Like, it's, Bentley's like, when are you going to open that gift, Dad? When are you going to help me with that? They didn't give it to me. They gave it to you. Figure it out, son. Like, <laughs> there, there's so many reasons that we don't utilize gifts. We don't want it. We don't understand it. It's too complicated. What I want to talk about today are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I want to make sure that we are open to, we are understanding, and we know how to use these gifts that he's given us. In Scripture, we see three gifts that are given to us as believers, three gifts that are available to us as believers. The first one, write this down, is eternal life. I need you to make... make I need to make really clear today and throughout this series, we talk about doing life with the Holy Spirit, that the primary relationship, the foundational relationship is your relationship with Jesus, that no one gets to the Father but through the Son, that what we do with Jesus is our, our access to heaven, it is our access to God, it is our access to our relationship with him. What we do with the Holy Spirit really impacts how we live our life. The first gift is eternal life. Romans 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I need to be very clear today that your relationship with Jesus is the only requirement for heaven. As we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and being empowered and being full of passion and living a, a holier life, a, a more convicted life, a more fruitful life, those are all ancillary things, secondary things after we settle eternity, which only comes in receiving the gift that is Jesus, the gift of eternal life. The second gift in the Bible is this, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to you and to me as a gift. Acts 1, verse four and five. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available to everyone. I need you to hear today, available to everyone. There is nobody that has more access to the Holy Spirit than anybody else. It's available to everyone. It's just unopened and underutilized by most the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's the third gift. They are the spiritual gifts given to us as believers. Spiritual gifts, a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do the work God has called us to here on earth. Romans 12, verse six, we have different gifts according to the grace that was given to us. 
This word gifts in the Greek is the word charis, which Greek translation means our grace gift. It is this thing that God put on the inside of you, an undeserved favor in certain areas to accomplish what God is calling us to accomplish. As we talk about these spiritual gifts, we see them listed in three different main uh, passages in the New Testament. We see uh, in Ephesians, we see the fivefold ministry, the, the ministry gifts, the apostle, the, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, and the teacher. In Romans 12, we see uh, the motivational gifts, and we see the, the things that are put on the inside of us, that some of us are, are naturally teachers, some of us are naturally perceivers, some of us are naturally encouragers, or, or learners, or, or, or pastors. We're, we're naturally these, these certain things. We're servers, or we're compassionate things putting on the inside of us, charis, these grace gifts that you're kind of inclined to do in your, your spirit man or your, the spirit side of you. It's why we all see things differently. It's why we're all needed in the body of Christ. Because you have a different gift than I do. You have a different filter than I do. We could see the same situation. We talked about this last year. We see the same situation and we see it completely differently because of the gifts put on the inside of us. Today, I want to spend all of our time together in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and I want to talk about the gifts that the Holy Spirit owns. These are the nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe as we talk about the motivational gifts and the ministry gifts and these manifestation gifts specifically today, I need you to know that I don't believe that the lists in Scripture are an exhaustive list. How can I say that? Because Paul writes to three different churches talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the lists are all different. Which means he's just, he's just listed. We cannot, we cannot minimize the Holy Spirit down to a list. The Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, with whoever he wants. Because he owns the gifts. Therefore, he decides whom, how, and when they are used. I need to, I need to clarify today. Somebody needs to hear this. You don't own these gifts. Like when you say, well, I got the gift of this. You don't. What you should say is God is currently allowing you to operate in this. Like you're a landlord. Like you're, you're, the, you're the tenant. You're leasing it. He's the landlord. You're the tenant. He owns it. And you use it. As we talk about these things, let's make sure that we're understanding that we are vessels and the Holy Spirit resides in us and uses us to do certain things. You ever notice that when people have to project how good they are at something, they're usually not that good at it? Like, I'm really fast. Probably not. I'm really good. Probably not. Come on, we, a lot of us are in, in, in the workforce today. I'm in charge. If anybody tells you they're in charge, they're not in charge. The person in charge does not have to say, I'm in charge. So we need to be more careful when we talk about these gifts to the Spirit that we are very understanding and very solid. These are not our gifts. These are God's gifts to us that he owns, that he allows us to use. They're not natural talents. They're not for the elite few. And they're not a sign of spiritual maturity or a notch on your Christian belt. So with that context, I wanna talk about these nine manifestation gifts today because you and I, 
We need to seek the gifts. Paul says, seek the gifts and desire the gifts because you and I need this empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be effective and fulfill our calling in this life. Let's read about them. 1 Corinthians 12, read the first 11 verses, and then we're gonna teach all nine of these in 30 minutes today. Dear Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Give us your supernatural gifts today in Jesus' name. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that you, when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. No one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. He works in different ways, but it's the same God doing the work. Sometimes we have a hierarchy of how God uses people, and God is just using people in the way he needs for others' benefit and for his glory. He uses different gifts in different settings for different reasons. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It should always be positive. They should always be moving forward. They should always be beneficial. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether their message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The nine manifestation gifts listed here, I wanna break them up into three categories today so that we can dive into these different kind of filters on the three different sections of these nine manifestation gifts given in 1 Corinthians 12. The first one are the discerning gifts. The discerning gifts. And the first one we see here is words of knowledge. Words of knowledge. It is this idea that this gift is oftentimes used to give you a voice or influence in someone's life you may not have had without the Holy Spirit making a way. A, a lot of times, this, this words of knowledge is what most, um, I don't mean that, I mean this the way the word's defined, uh, ignorant Christians call this prophecy. Like I'm, I'm prophesying over your life. We'll talk about prophecy in a moment. No, it's, it's a words of knowledge. It's a supernatural ability that God gives you in the moment to know something that you shouldn't have known. A lot of times we call it prophecy, but it's really, it's a word of knowledge. It's what happens when maybe you don't have a relationship with somebody or you don't have access to somebody or you, you, and God gives you a, a supernatural word of knowledge, a, a detail, a, a moment in which you, you know what's going on in their life so that you can build a rapport. Where somebody says, oh my gosh, how did you know that? Well, God just wanted me to share something with you and he gave me this word of knowledge to get now divinely connect us in a relationship that we may not have had. Jesus did this with a Samaritan woman. Remember in John 4 where he came to her and he says, I know who you are. 
I know where you've been. And he didn't do that to embarrass her. He didn't do that to call out her sin. I know that you've been around. I know that you've been married. I know that what you've been doing. He didn't do that to embarrass her. He did that for her to be like, oh my gosh. This man that I've never met before knows my story. I should probably listen to what's going on. This is, this is not coincidence. What is happening? A word of knowledge will bring connection, divine connection, maybe where there was no connection before. It will allow you to have a relationship or access to sharing Jesus or encouraging somebody with this supernatural gift. Jesus is not trying to embarrass her. He's trying to connect with her. I'm gonna remind you, especially with this word of knowledge, spiritual gifts are always given to edify, encourage, and set captive people free. They're meant to bring people closer to Jesus, not further away. They're... They're meant, a word of knowledge is meant to glorify God and bring connection here, not to elevate yourself. And I hear from the Lord. Well, good. Well, when you made it about you, you probably stopped making it about him. And let's make sure as we operate in these gifts that we stay humble. Here's the next one. In the, uh, in the discerning gifts, write this down. The discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. Notice that I'd not say the, the gift of discernment because that's not mentioned in the Bible anywhere. Discerning of a spirit is, but the gift of discernment is not a biblical reference. Most people that say I have the gift of discernment have the spirit of, and the gift of criticism and gossip. <laughs> I just got the gift of discernment. No, you don't. <laughs> because usually... After you say I have the gift of discernment, you follow that with telling somebody something that they didn't know about somebody that's not in the room, which is no longer you operating in a spiritual gift, you're operating in, in sin, and it's called gossip. This is the discerning of spirits. This is the person who, who's able to tell that, that through the Holy Spirit what, what God is doing, that there's a discerning that there's something heavy here or there's something demonic here or there's something holy here. It's a discerning of spirits. It's what Paul did in Acts 16 when, when he calls out the, the demon girl following around him. He had a discerning of spirit. He had a supernatural understanding that what was happening in that atmosphere, in that setting was not of God and he was able to call it out. It was a discerning of, of spirits and you need to know that God can give you that ability and when you rebuke a, a spirit in, in Jesus' name that it has to flee. You can discern what's good and what's evil through the Holy Spirit, and you can speak to it. And I talk about discerning of spirits, and every time I talk about this, this warfare, this spiritual warfare, I see people literally say that, well, I, just, I don't believe that, I, I don't understand that, and I'm just here to tell you today, just because you don't acknowledge that a war is happening means that the war stops. Like, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and rulers in this dark world. And this discerning of spirits will allow you to say, that's not of God. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's how it's supposed to be or how it's supposed to happen. And we discern that through the Holy Spirit. We can speak to it, and at the name of Jesus, it stops. I also want to caution you today. Just let me help you. Everything is not the devil. I just want to help somebody. This is a real gift, and it is beneficial to the church, but this is one of the ones that gets sideways because we get into gossip and criticism. We get into arrogance that we always think we're right, and we start calling everything the devil. Now, he's moving. Roaring lion, sinking whom he may devour. 
but he's not in everything about everything and behind everything. So let's make sure if this is our gift, let's stay humble and actually allow the Holy Spirit to, to lead you in that gift and actually discern the spirits. Here's the third one in the discerning gifts. Write this down. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. This is, this is probably the most mislabeled one out of the nine. Because a lot of times we won't give God credit for this one. A lot of times we'll, we'll give credit to our human intuition when it's really a word of wisdom. It's a supernatural wisdom in a setting where you, you just know. You got Paul and the storm at sea. You got Jesus in the temple text, two different examples where you just see a, a supernatural wisdom of a situation. Maybe you're in business today or maybe you have kids today and you just know that you know that you know that this is what should happen. A lot of times we're like, I'm a good decision maker. Maybe you're just operating with the gift of supernatural wisdom. This is, this is the way we should go. This is the decision we should make. And I'm here to tell you today, I am probably the most guilty of anyone of saying, you know what, I've got really great intuition. When it comes to business, when it comes to church, I've got great intuition. I was preparing this week and God's like, you think that that's you? That's not you, that's me. This gift of discerning what is right and what is wrong and which way we should go is oftentimes we give ourselves credit for making good decisions when really it's a discerning gift of a word of, of wisdom. We probably take credit for this one most of the time. We make a great decision and we pat ourselves on the back. We make a wrong decision and we blame God or others. But if we have a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit's inside of you, he probably led you into most of the good things that you have. It's a word of wisdom, the discerning gifts. Go to the next one, the declarative gifts. Still with me? We okay to teach a little bit today? Okay, I put on my, my suit today so I could teach a little bit. Declarative gifts. The declarative gifts, this is, this is the ones that, that growing up, the, the doctrinal camp that I grew up in would have had a tough time with. This is, this is where we started the Holy Spirit series, and you're like, this is where it's gonna get weird. The snakes are in the back somewhere. Where are they? They're not here. We don't have any snakes. Well, maybe a few in the parking lot, but not, not in the church service. Declarative gifts, I thought that'd be funnier. I really did. I had in my notes. I had in my notes that we'll laugh together. We'll share a moment on Mother's Day and it'd be really special. It wasn't. Not really at all. Thank you for that. Thank you for that feeling. You know, when I talk, it's like having a conversation. You ever had a conversation with somebody that doesn't look interested? It's not fun. Okay. With that in mind, do a better job and you're part of the conversation. The declarative gifts, the declarative gifts. The first declarative gift is, is prophecy. Prophecy. When I say prophecy, we, we, we hear this and automatically think of a Christian psychic, which that, there's no such thing, by the way, or someone predicting the future. When that's not what prophecy really is at all, that's, that is a word of knowledge or supernatural wisdom. This, this prophecy gift is is kind of different than you think. First Corinthians 4, verse, uh, 14, verse three, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Prophecy is, a, is an exhortation, it's an affirmation, it's an encouragement 
from Scripture. It's a, this is what God is saying to encourage you. Word of knowledge is a supernatural insight into a specific situation. A lot of times prophecy, biblical prophecy when it comes to the spiritual gift is a very vague and encouraging and something that God is giving us to process or to encourage. I love how the message paraphrase says this, but when you proclaim his truth, Come on, this is prophecy. Somebody needs to get this thing, the, the most baseline definition. When you proclaim his truth in everyday speech. Taking God's word and then just allowing God to use you through the spiritual gift to, to bless someone else. You're letting others in on the truth so they can grow, be strong, and experience his presence with you. Does that not sound a lot different than a lot of the prophecy you've been a part of? Where you leave like, oh my God, God saw my situation. He's speaking to me. He spoke to you and gave you a verse or a word to encourage me in this this season. It's a message of encouragement delivered through a human vessel to another person's or person's. It's not a rebuke or correction. That's not prophecy. That could be a word of knowledge. That could be a word of wisdom. That could just be an accountable conversation. But the edification and encouragement of believers is where prophecy comes in. So how do we know it's from the Lord? Did the word of prophecy bring edification, encouragement, or comfort to the hearer? Paul tells us to seek all of the gifts, but especially prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, verse one. Especially prophecy because it builds the believers up. Not just super saints, it, it, it builds us all up. That's why, that's why we should seek this one. Like I'm praying for you as my friend or as a small group leader or as a pastor, we should seek this one. Paul says seek this one above anyone else because he knows it will bring about the edification of the believers when we come together and say, I was praying for you the other day and God gave me this verse and I don't really know what it means for you, but he gave me this verse for you and for your kids. I hope it blesses you. And then you read it, you're like, oh my gosh, God was thinking about me and, and this person was thinking about me. If you don't have people in your life doing that, you're missing it. My friends do that. My pastor friends do that. Lewis said, our Winter Park location does that all the time. He sends me verses, and I'm like, God? Speak, your servant is listening. But you need to find people that will send. How do you do this well? You send it, and you leave it alone. Because if it was from God, it doesn't matter to you what they do with it. Was that message from God for them? Then you're out of the way. Message is delivered. That's why I love this one, because God said, I need them to hear this. But this is from me, not from you. This prophecy is not to bring them closer to you. It's to bring them closer to God, to encourage them in their calling, their season, whatever's going on in their life. Man, that's just, that's just way better than y'all giving me credit for. It's fine. It's Mother's Day. I get it. I get it. You thought we were, we thought we'd have some coffee and we were gonna be out of here in 20 minutes for mimosas. I get it. I get it. It was the wrong setting. Wrong setting. But I'm gonna keep going because I prepared. So declarative gifts, prophecy. Here's the next one. Speaking in tongues. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is where we're like, oh goodness. It's a real thing, it's biblical. We talk about it in our freedom uh, curriculum every single year. We just taught it yesterday at our, at our freedom conference. So 
Freedom Weekend and hundreds of people got set free and dozens got baptized. And I just really encourage you to, to be a part of that. Spend about 30 minutes talking about this, so I'm not gonna spend a ton of time today, but there are two distinct uh, references in the New Testament. One is the public gift of tongues. One is the private grace of tongues. There is the message of tongues giving in a congregation, and there is a prayer language that's available to everybody. We see this in Ephesians where it says, put on the full armor of God and then pray without ceasing, making groanings that, that the human uh, uh, mind cannot understand. There is a direct connection with God, and I believe this one, and I don't have time to get into it today, but I believe this one is the most attacked in the church because the enemy doesn't want you to have what God wants you to have. It's the most misunderstood, it's the most left out because it really is a gift given to you to have a direct connection, direct access to a language that only you and God can understand. It is a gift from God, not just for the early church, but for now. Paul says this, I wish you all spoke in tongues but prophecy is better because everyone will be encouraged. Speaking in tongues, addressing a crowd can only come with an interpretation, by the way. If, if, it's, if somebody addresses it and it's a thus saith the Lord, then the Lord would want the believers, it says this in 1 Corinthians 14, that we want the people in the room to be edified and comforted and at peace and not confused. So there's, some, there's not somebody that just says something that doesn't make any sense to anybody and it's not clarified. If a message of tongues is not interpreted, that it's not from God. It's just that person should sit down and be quiet. Praying in tongues is our direct download, and no interpretation is needed for your private grace of tongues. Interpreting of tongues is a gift from God. And the biggest thing that you need to know is this is an interpretation, not a translation. Come on, that's gonna help somebody. If God's given a, if God's given a word, I just, I'm stepping way out on this one. If God's given a word for a whole group of people, it's gonna be broad because there's a lot of people in the room. So this, this is an interpretation of what God is saying, not a translation. It should be short, it should be clear, and it should bring everybody to a place of like, oh my gosh, that was God. I don't know what just happened, but God spoke clearly. I don't know what just happened, but God moved in this room. God is not a God of confusion. Therefore, he does not bring people together to confuse them, disorient them, or send them away not knowing what to do. It's an interpreting of a tongue. The speaking of tongues, interpreting of tongues, it's an interpretation of what God is trying to say. Let's get into the dynamic gifts and wrap up this teaching. The dynamic gifts, these are more fun. These are more easy to understand, maybe a little more palatable. The dynamic gifts, faith or special faith. Faith or special faith. Jesus operated in all the gifts all the time, and he did it often with great results. There's this gift of faith or special faith. We, we see this in Philippians 2, and he tells us that he humbled himself and became human. Jesus did not use his own power as a part of the Trinity, but rather utilized the power of the Holy Spirit, that he left his deity, he became fully man, and he did not do anything that the Father did not call him to do. Father, what is your will? What is your way? And the Holy Spirit empowered him to do it. We see it in Mark chapter four with Jesus sleeping through the storm. You wanna talk about the gift of special faith? A boat about 20 feet long in seas that are four, five, six feet high, still being asleep, that's special faith. But have you ever been in a situation with somebody 
where they're walking through a diagnosis, they're walking through a situation, they're walking through financial hardship, they're walking through something with their kids and and they just have this peace, they just have this confidence, they just have this faith. I'm here to tell you today that could be the gift of special faith. That God just allows you through his Holy Spirit in that season to operate in the spiritual gift, to have this, this gift of special faith to get you through that season both for your benefit and your peace and your comfort, but also so that people would see that you handle things differently. Again, all of the gifts of the Spirit continue to to push people back to God, the gift of faith, their special faith. Here's the next one in the dynamic gifts. It's healings. I need you to hear very clearly today at all of our locations that at Action Church, we still believe that God heals. Not because we've read it, but because we've seen it. I need you to hear today that God heals. You don't. Nobody has the gift of healing. I hear it so many times. I have the gift of healing. No, you don't. If you don't have the gift of creation, you don't have the gift to restore it. If you can't create it, how could you put it back together? You can operate and have access to the living power of God and bring the gift of healing through the broken vessel that God chose to use. I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit can heal through you. Remember when Jesus was in his hometown and he couldn't heal because the Holy Spirit was there because the people didn't have faith? Because he was in the same world that we're in. It required faith. It required the Holy Spirit to move. It required God's will for that person to be Heal, this gift of healing, it's available, but it's through the Holy Spirit. He owns and distributes when he wants, how he wants, and whatever way he wants. And as we pray for people to be healed, we pray. Our job is faith. God's job is the results. Our job is our posture. His job is to produce. Let me break that down for you. When we pray for somebody to be healed, if they were healed, would you take the credit? No. Therefore, if they're not healed, we don't take the blame. Because I'm not in charge. My job is just to have faith and to pray that God would heal and then leave results up to him. Your job is faith. His job is to be faithful, but his faithfulness is not determined in our temporary perspective. His faithfulness is determined in our eternal perspective. Here's the last gift, and then we'll close. It's miracles. It's miracles. And I don't find this as I studied doctrine and theology and the different books that I was reading this week and documents, but I find it interesting that the last two are plural, healings and miracles. As we read throughout the different translations, healings and miracles, that the operation in the church, that these should be happening consistently. I also want to remind you that the greatest miracle is salvation. We should be a church that's believing for people to be set free. That's why we do freedom. Because I believe in physical healings, we've seen it. We've seen heart conditions restored. We've seen cancer be healed. 
not just in our church, but in my family. We've seen it. We've seen it. We should believe for it. But there's so many miracles that we, we don't see when it comes to salvation, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to freedom from trauma of our past. We're seeing miracles happen. And our job is to believe. To believe that he is who he says he is, that he still can do what he says that he can do. I also wanna say this and then we'll close. 39 out of the 40 miracles in the book of Acts were outside the church. It was the believers living on purpose outside of this gathering. Do you know why? This is opinion and this is right off the cuff and I may cut it for the next service. We've already gathered here to glorify Jesus. He's exalted. The purpose of healings and miracles is to point people who don't know Jesus to Jesus. So I believe that the greatest miracles we'll see in this church in this next season will not be in a service here, but in a service to the community. Because we already, we already kind of got it here. I'm not saying he can't heal an encounter night. We see it. I'm not saying he can't heal right here in the service. We see it, but we've, we've already gathered here to make much of Jesus. What if we went to where he was not glorified and not magnified and not known and we actually had words of wisdom and words of knowledge and special faith and we prayed for people and, and we wanted them to seem to be healed or restored and that is not for our glory or for our brand or for a cool moment. It's to say, do you know why that just happened? Jesus. Do you know why God gave me that word for you? Jesus. Do you know why you were just healed? Jesus. Do you know why you were just restored? Jesus. This whole point of this whole message, these gifts, is to make much of Jesus. Every gift the Holy Spirit gives you and allows you to use is for the glory of God and to point people to Jesus. And if it ever distracts from that, it's not God. If it ever discounts that, it's not God. If it ever points to anything other than the cross, his death, and his resurrection, it's not God. So what if we close this service just saying, God, give me whatever you need to give me so that I can accomplish what you're calling me to accomplish. These gifts are not so Christians can have fun in a church service. These gifts are given so that they can be utilized to bring people who don't know Jesus to him. So I wanna pray for all of us at church and then in this moment and then I wanna pray for those of you who need to meet Jesus today. So I'd love for you to, to bow your heads right where you are at all of our locations. And if you would like to, to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you today, I'd like for you just right where you are, just. Just put your hands right there on your knees, on your lap, or just extend. Just, just act like somebody's gonna give you something. Just both hands, like, I'm gonna give you a present. I'm gonna give you a gift. I'm gonna, I'm gonna receive something. And I wanna pray across all of our locations that the Holy Spirit would fill you in such a way and give you everything you need in this moment to, to, for you to accomplish what he's calling you to accomplish. Bible says, earnestly seek the gifts. I, I wanna do that this morning, just practically. God, if you need to have me to have the gift of wisdom, give it to me this week. God, if you need me to pray for somebody to be healed, give it to me this week. God, if I need a, a special word for somebody, give it to me this week. So God, I pray for everybody that's got their hands open today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill them. 
fill them overflowing with your presence. God, with your passion, with your peace. God, I pray that you would give them everything they need this week. And then I pray for the opportunity for them to walk that out. Holy Spirit, create divine appointments and divine relationships this week and then give us, your people, your body of Christ, the gifts we need to walk that out faithfully. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Use us as you will. Church, every head bowed and every eye closed as we talked about the Holy Spirit today. I started off talking about the three gifts in Scripture. The first is eternal life, and for you to receive that eternal life, you you have to receive Jesus. To receive access to the Holy Spirit, you, you have to receive Jesus. Why? Because we were born unholy. Sinners, the Bible calls it. And an unholy people could never be reconciled to a holy God. We were destined to spend eternity apart from God because of our sin. So he sent a Savior. The second part of the Trinity, his son Jesus came and lived a perfect life for you, died a sinner's death as you, like in your place, and rose to give you victory and me victory over sin and the grave. If you wanna receive the gift of Jesus today, which gives you the gift of eternity and access to the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. If you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, Pastor, how do I do it? It says in Romans 10, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? It means you surrender control. If you wanna do that today, you wanna surrender control to the Lordship of Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity to make him the Lord of your life. If that's you across all of our locations, Sanford, Oviedo, right here at Winter Park, Action Online, say, Pastor Justin, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life for the first time ever, or today's a day of recommitment. You know you're doing life without the tangible power of God, and you wanna recommit your life and allow Jesus to lead you and the Holy Spirit to fill you. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life today. Got one in the middle, two, three, four. One of the best, yep, got you in the back. So I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Yeah, yep, yep. Come on, Sanford, Oviedo. Action online. A couple more moments. Anybody else got you? Come on, you put your hands down. Pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And today I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. I give you that place, complete control. Have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us. I, I pray that we would earnestly seek you for who you are, not just for what you can do for us. Let us not mistake this message as a, an ask to, to just receive something for ourselves. No, we need to seek you. And out of the overflow of us seeking you, ask you, what would you have us to do? And then give us the power to do it. Not our power, not our will, but yours. We love you. We lift you up in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Let's give uh, all those who made a decision uh, just a round of applause this morning. So proud of you.